how's it going? It's going good. How are you? You know. How are things there? I don't know really anything about your life or really anything. We only use this to catch up. Yeah, I mean, we do our our daily nonsense check-ins where it's basically just uh, us sharing internet things and then commenting on it with Bill Bill in there. The Deadpool uh, group text chat is, like, not even real. That's just, like... The Deadpool lives on. That's... Yeah. If if anything comes of this podcast, it's our our commitment to updating each other to be the first one to let each other know that that Rummy died, you know? You know, and I saw that like probably 40 minutes before we got the group text on that and I was like, you know, I didn't I'd never know which ones are worthy. I think I think Rumsfeld's worthy. All right. Wasn't he like very old anyway? He was 88. Yeah, that's fucking old. I mean, yeah, it would have been better if he, you know, had suffered more. I don't know. If he had suffered more. Uh, so, I usually use this, um, this like, this channel to um, explain to you, like, my car life. And it's just, there's just too many updates to even, even tackle it. Yeah, I mean... I, I usually use this channel to get distracted with something I see online when you tell me about your car life. <laughs> um, how's work? How's your, you know, your life, your uh, interactions with the humans in Los Angeles? How's all I mean, that? It's, it's, it's all the same. It's it's opened up now, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... Same as it ever was at work, and uh, I don't know. Bowling league started up again about two months ago, so I've been bowling. You're bowling no mask. Bowling no mask. Uh, first time I went there, wore a mask the entire time. It was really weird. It was it was like a like you know a dead zone, like very quiet. <laughs> and then I was away the week after, and then I came back. And nobody had a mask on, and everybody was there, and it was just chaos. I was like, "Oh, I, I guess we're just doing this then, huh?" So, uh, oh, so man. that's what that's like. <laughs> yeah, I um, wow, I, I I'm like already. It feels like it's already been so. It's like I'm already so far removed from the no mask gatherings i still they they're they've been on and off about mask uh recommendations in california and stuff the past few days or so but our building's not necessarily requiring it but i'll still wear it to kind of set an example wear it on the elevator or whatnot the people who work in the building still wear their masks so if i'm interacting with them i'll keep my mask on yeah if i if i walk into a restaurant where like i'm ordering lunch you know at like a, a salad place or like a chipotle or something where people like where you talk to the person as they make your food yeah i'll, I'll keep my mask on there you know hmm. it's just kind of judgment for the most part wow grocery stores i i've been seeing people working in grocery stores not wearing a mask now so mm-hmm. i'm i don't really know that's just kind of played by ear but whatever I, it's I, it's more of a kind of read the room more than anything else at this point yeah totally 
Um, I think just because our numbers are so low. Um, up here, people treat Vermont as like the 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 no mask sanctuary. And um, yeah, I mean, we've been no mask for a couple months now. I tried to. I made a TikTok to document it so I, I could go back and easily remember which day it was. I think it was the end of May. Um, in my mind. It, yeah, I think it was like May 25th or something like that in my mind. Um, how's, your, uh, how's your TikTok career? You know, it's pretty good. If I was a chick who was like 20 or 21... Like the target group for TikTok. Dude, I if you, if you were the actual demo for the app that you're trying to use, I'd have you would be more successful. I'd have twenty to fifty thousand followers if I was a hot girl, basically. But because I'm not a hot girl, um because people will comment to me I wish you were a hot girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people would be like if, if only you were an attractive female, I would really <laughs> like this video. People will be like, oh, you have so many likes. Like, how do you have so many likes? Like, people who have, like, a 1,000 followers. Mind you, I only have 300 followers, right? So people who have, like, a 1,000 followers and, like, 5,000 likes, I have twice the number of likes they do. And they're like, whoa, how do you have so many likes? And I'm like, I had two videos that blew up. And that's it. What's more important, likes or followers? Uh, there's like, um, there's like a, a clout level that you get with followers. Cause once you hit a thousand followers, you can go live. What does go live mean? It means you can stream, but only stream for like a minute to f- or 15 seconds or something or stream without an end stream without end to your followers or to the for you page. You can stream and then get found during a stream. Which is sort of insane. But isn't the whole platform of TikTok like short form? What are they doing streaming shit? Stream is just like for fans and stuff. So people want to like ask questions. It's like the YouTube, like YouTube streaming is the same thing. Is like you want to, you have like fans. So like you want like to have your fans ask you questions or you want to have like open discourse about something or like whatever. Um, There's this, there's this guy who plays like um there's this guy I follow or I followed for a few months. He's like the one of the only guys that I've I don't know, um watched really any live interaction with. Cause you've just been watching all the hot girls that are on there? I mean, yeah, most mostly, yeah. I mean it's it's a lot of that. Um it's it's like it's like way too much of that. But there's this one guy who his name is Good Trouble and like his whole his whole shtick is to be like the bully to the anti-maskers. So like he like reverses the it's very weird, but it's like what he does is he's just like he calls out all the bullshit. And he's just like, why are you doing this? Like, there was a good one a few weeks ago. I don't know if I sent them to you guys, but... I don't watch most of them. Do you Fair. think... Do you think a year from now, 
mm-hmm. when we're when we're celebrating our 500th show because we're really going to buckle down and, and and get this under control. Oh, good. When, when we're celebrating our 500th show, <laughs> great. Um, we're going to look back and be amazed that uh, TikTok videos and anti-mask were so prevalent in the forefront of our uh, our conversations here. Is it going to be like remember TikTok? Do you remember anti-maskers? Or do you think this is these are things that are going to uh, still be uh, prevalent in the in the near and distant future? Well, for me, two things there. I'd say that I'd say that TikTok is going to for me already TikTok has taken over like all of my social media. I don't look at any other social media pretty much period anymore. I don't look at Instagram. I don't look at, um, it's just, there's no reason to. Um, so the, the anti-masking thing, um, you know, I was thinking about something today actually, which is like, I saw someone walk into, um, a store and every so for the last god i guess i have to step one one more step back here on this one there are smaller stores in rural areas and you would think that the smaller stores in rural areas would have opened up masks first but it was actually the reverse it was the bigger stores in like Burlington and stuff like that where cuz we we hit over an 80% uh, vaccination rate in Vermont and that was when the governor our republican mind you governor said that we would open everything back up to normal if we hit an 80% vax rate. So everyone in Vermont did their due diligence because we're fucking Vermont, we kick ass. We went and got vaxxed. Okay. Some of the stores that were in the more populated areas were quicker to adapt the new policies whereas the people who run the stores in the more rural areas understand that the more rural populations tend to have a lower vaccination rate and so because of that I think that understanding um, because of that you know masks were kind of still mandated for a while now did you have people even though the governor said you're free to roam did you have people still being you know still kind of waltz and do their thing unmasked in stores that still had a full mask policy absolutely whereas was anyone confronted about that no because it's vermont and it's like i'd go to the local grocery store and maybe two people wouldn't be masked out of 55 to a you know 55 to 80 let's say and those two people were generally boomer range and they like i know it was like a i don't give a fuck but it was also like a could have possibly been like a i've been vaccinated for so so long and i'm so done with this so you just don't ask questions and you roll with it. But the local places like today, so today I'm sitting down maybe about two weeks ago, our super local, like where I work, um, the local country store there finally was like, yeah, if you're vaccinated, you're good. And it was night and day. I was like the day before it was like the last place I was wearing a mask. And then the day, the next day I was like unmasked and hanging out. Um, 
you know, ordering my food, doing the same shit, um, seeing everyone's fucking faces for the first time. Um, cause there's all that too. Also like all the fucking people we hired in the last year, like I had never seen their faces and it's like my brain's starting to learn their faces, which is its own entire fucking crazy thing. Um, but yeah, so today I was eating lunch and some guy walked in and he was a heavier set dude and I didn't want to like make any judgments on like whether or not he was vaxxed, but he was like clearly, I mean, he walked in and put a mask on on his way in just like out of habit. And I was just wondering if it was like, is that his habit? Is that his thing? Is he not used to it yet? Did he not get vaccinated for some health reason or something? Like, you know, these things, I didn't like overly speculate about it, but it's just stuff that like just rifles through your mind in the split second that you see it. And you saying that just now, I just made me think about it. But, um, what prompted that? <laughs> I was just going to ask if in a year or two or 10, are we going to look back and, uh, just kind of be like, do you remember TikTok? Do you remember anti-maskers? Like, so, is this, I, is, 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 tick one, is TikTok here to stay? And two, do you foresee kind of like a like an umbrella scenario with with masks where it's like variants crop up every once in a while and then the CDC is like, oh, make sure to bring your mask for the next two weeks. There's been hot zones and so, so, and so, you know? Like there's two things on that. The guy walking to the I, store. I'm asking you a, this as a, as a professional virologist and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, tech guru. Um. There's a couple things there. I, I, I think that he, I tried to explain this to someone else today who was like kind of being a dick about it. And, you know, the guy's super nice. He's definitely a Republican. I've talked to I've talked about him on the show before, but he's like he listens to like the shock jock radio shit and like all that bullshit. And I feel like all of that, that I, information. I don't, I don't I'm amazed that you're so like insistent on wedging yourself into the TikTok culture, but then your touchstones for what Republican and conservative people listen to is shock jock radio. You know, he just listens to shock jock radio and it's just like the guy, the guy like, oh, I can't even handle it. Anyway, it's, it's regardless of what it is. The point is today, the guy was telling me about him going to the grocery store and how it's cause we've had this killer, killer heat wave. Right. And I don't know if you guys had it out there. I know the Pacific Northwest got fucking hammered with like Pacific Northwest was a, a hell hole. LA has been the same as it ever was. Like I, there was no, no, some change here. We hit a hundred, but we hit a hundred every year. So Pacific uh, Northwest hit uh, over a hundred and they Port- Portland got one sixteen, dude. They it's never crazy. get that hot. That's ridiculous. Right. It was, it was 90 degrees here for like three days in a row and humid. And it was fucking yeah, that's hell. A, that's a thick heat. I'm pretty sure we have you on pod saying that doesn't get humid in Vermont. It does. Okay. So you're, <laughs> I will rescind, I will rescind any former, uh, you know, saying that it gets, it, 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 no, uh, what I was saying, you're, you're okay. Let's, let's do the one thing first and then go back to the, to the temperature and the, and the weather. Let's talk weather second. You, you brought asking, you brought weather up. I know, I know, I know, but we're 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 doing wicked we're wicked tangenting now. I think the the mask thing is like he was saying something about how this woman at the grocery store 
She was in this hot heat, loading up her car with groceries. And he's like, how could it be possible to, like, load your car with groceries while wearing this fucking mask? Well, I mean, she's also outside, so it's a, a moot point at that at that point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't want to argue with him. I just kind of, like, let it go. And um, it, it, was, it was just very interesting. But then I also thought about, like, the thing today with this guy at the, at the store, at the, at the market, the country store. And he is just, like, throwing his mask on just because. And I feel like I hope that's the new normal. Like, we decide to wear masks to protect others. I feel like in Vermont that might be a thing. Like, you wear a mask if you're sick, or you just straight up don't fucking go to work if you're sick, or something like that. Like, I I feel like this new... And I think throughout the last year and a half or so, we've touched on these things, and we've learned about all this shit, and we've realized that you know what? It, we you know, no one got regular sick in the last year and a half, so we didn't get sick because we didn't have airborne illnesses, and that was kind of okay, you know, to not be sick for a year and a half. Um, I don't know if you got sick in the last year and a half, but I certainly really didn't. Um, and and I have little kids, and having little fucking grubby kids around basically is like a you're always sick. Um. But it, it's just it's just an interesting thing. I think to answer your question, I think TikTok will last the test of time. I think that will last a little bit longer. I think it'll go through phases like it already has clearly gone through phases. Um, it's gone from more of like a dance culture thing to, and then expanded to like a, a fun like limp syncing video game and then expanded from that into like actual content um, just like kind of merging with YouTube and just in obviously in short form. Um, it probably has a little bit of iterating to do. It probably has a bit of uh, evolution. I don't know where it's going to go necessarily. Um, they've been adamant about like censorship and like I don't want to say keeping it clean but it's definitely it's interesting because the the they allow like the computer software like the I won't say the algorithm in this case but they allow the software to kind of like take things down not willy-nilly but like take things down that they think might be offensive like, there are plenty of people who are, like, in, like, bathing suits who will be like, don't take this down, TikTok, I'm just in my bathing suit. And that's, like, how they preface the video. Um, and then sometimes videos will get taken down for harassment and bullying, and it's not that. And, you know, like, so yeah. That that whole algorithm thing had me thinking that earlier this week there was... I don't remember what the name of the site is. I just saw a headline about it and kind of read into it a little bit about uh, a uh, like a conservative, a watchdog group that watches conservative content and on YouTube and like flags like racist comments or something like that. I don't I don't know what it, what it was, but they got banned for re 
like uh, rebroadcasting other people saying racist things to tell oh people my this god. was racist shit. Oh my god! It got reversed like a day later or that same day or something. But it raises an excellent question about, or I guess, problem with the AI being able to recognize words and meanings, but not context. Sure. So between that and, you know, the whole learning pool of TikTok people prefacing bathing suit videos saying, I'm just in my bathing suit, are we at the next level of teaching AI context now? Suppose that's uh, that's ML, right? That's, that's machine learning. Um, so that is something that is probably very well underway. I want to say that Google and Apple and probably other outlets have that already in process. So yes. Well, I mean, the fact that YouTube took down a watchdog site that wasn't saying these things to say them, but saying these things to report them to the public would make me think that Google, who what owns YouTube, doesn't have it quite there yet. I'm going to say that's true. But I think it's something that, like, like what would it... It would take a lot for it to learn that. Like, you would exactly. have to, you would but, have but to now, like... But they're not, like, white flagging things. It's like, it, it, it takes a lot to learn that because there are many different nuances in context. You know, what happens when we have to teach the fucking thing irony, you know? Irony, when, when the, but then comedy, but then like tricking it. How about like once you learn how to game it and you start to trick it? Right. Yeah. So it's, I think when it started, you know, the past 15 years, right? 15, 16 years of YouTube, we've been at, at a certain point, we started training it for just like, you know, the basics, learning words, comprehension intent and then that and that took however long it took because people had to adopt and actually feed the thing contact content but now it's going to be hyper accelerated because everyone's on tiktok uploading 15 second to one minute things that's like a crash course every time every time it gets on it's like a concentrated hit of of meaning so it took 18 years for the algorithm to learn how to ban, you know, right-wing videos for being homophobic or Islamophobic or whatever like that. It's going to take four years for it to learn what irony is, you know? Right. It's just the more and more people that are just feeding the machine, they're just going to train it better, faster, quicker. Yeah, I mean, I still think that I still think that technology will prevail in a way that is pretty much, you know, will seem maybe. Well, that's what I'm saying is technology is going to be our overlord. I'm going to say, yeah. Like they're going to prevail. <laughs> uh, yeah, it will prevail in a way that will seem uncanny to us at some point. And I, so I it, it, mathematically, you know, speaking, it should, it should improve exponentially. So we should be... Um, privy we should be we should be basically just deep in the experience of acknowledging the change as it happens before our eyes i suppose 
it's going to be weird. It's already weird. If you, if you take anything out of context, if you think of anything like, like the Seinfeld game, you know what I mean? Um, what's the Seinfeld game? The Seinfeld game is like what, um, what, what plot in, in Seinfeld is broken by cell phones existing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just Seinfeld, too. If you watch any movie before an iPhone, it's sure, movie or TV show, it just kind of falls apart. And you're like, oh, well, you know. They didn't have it. So that's why, I mean, and that's why sci-fi is so good, because they did have it. <laughs> they had the fake fucking version. Like, that's why Star Trek and, like, all that shit is, like, so good, is because they foresaw the reality of technology. There's so many parts of technology that we live today that I, I love. I just, I love, I, I called someone from my car the other day. And I know that's not novel to the majority of people, the majority of our listeners period, but it's novel to me because, you know, for the first part of this year, I was daily driving a 1991 Jetta, you know, and uh, it was cool the other day to just like press a button and tell the thing to call someone and it called someone. And I was like, this is amazing. And my AC set, I had my fucking, you know, all the windows up. It was crazy, you know. I can't remember the last time because I don't have AC. I didn't have AC in any car until I bought these last two cars. So it's like, I don't know. Technology is really cool. So, it's, yeah, I mean, you can't fight technology, clearly. Like, we're not going to stop progress. But shouldn't we be concerned with who is actually, like, in charge teaching? of it? No, not in charge of it, but, but who's teaching it? What is that? Is that the incentive for getting a large follower on these social media things? So you have a larger core group of people who are thinking the way you're thinking so that they can then sway the AI. Do you know that China owns TikTok? I'm aware of that. It's ByteDance or something like that. Yeah. But TikTok is using the power of its its user base to not just profit, but I'm assuming to develop their AI. Could we basically do a TikTok copycat called like, you know, and do a parent company called like not China and then just make millions. I think they're far ahead of us in developing. Like, I mean, yes, we could do that and make millions, but if the goal, (laughs) if the goal is to own the future with, with a, uh, hold on. Okay. All right. I'm going to jump out real quick. Um, do you want to call you back? Uh, yeah, you can do that. All right. I'm going right. to stop. Okay, I'll stop. Ew. Ew. You got some baby monitor noise or something. Is that what that was? <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it sounded like. 
Do you have babies? How do you know? I, I mean, I've I've heard a baby monitor before. I have friends with kids. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we never clapped for the first half hour. Oh, that's gonna be a bitch. Uh, hopefully, we started and stopped around the same time. Uh, yeah, so we... it's gonna be close. Uh, <laughs> so three, two, one. <laughs> So, without getting into any details and stuff, uh, it does raise a good point as far as realizations I've come in a post-pandemic work-from-home world. I I think we talked about it the first time through, like when when this all started and we and it became it was novel and whatnot. But I feel like there going forward, there's going to be this separation of the people who have a job that requires them to go to an office. And the people who are able to work from home, yeah. but they're but they're able to work from home with the support of the people at the office. So yeah. it's like it's like the people working the fields and then the rich aristocracy at their vacation homes and shit like that. So that's a very uh, a bleak, boring world to look forward to. Yeah, I I've talked about this before, but I can do a good portion of my job um, online there is stuff I have to be physically present for um, which is what it is I mean like yeah could I be replaced and could I um, train a different job to be that part of it Um, and could my job be 100% virtual yes totally Um, but that's not the case currently for sure Um, I do too many things at work for that to be a thing. Um, When I... Actually, I'm about to go on vacation. I'm I'm about to go on the longest vacation that I've been on since I have had this job, which will be five years, basically. When's that? Um, How long's that? It'll be like a week, you know? Um, but starting next Friday and I'm not even gonna like fully vacation. I'm gonna still do like my big, the big parts of my job. I'm going to bring my, I have my Mac mini now, so I'm just going to unplug my Mac mini and bring it with me. Um, I mean, that's, I, from a person who does that for their primary vacations, that's, that's not good, man. You just got to unplug completely. I've, I've never been able to do it myself, but, uh, Remember when I remember when I was out there and I was doing like conference calls and shit in the car when we were in uh, what's the college yeah. town in Vermont? Not uh, we were in Mont- we were in Montpelier. Montpelier, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I had to take a good conference call uh, three thousand miles away in in a car. That's as I watched a a guy get Narcan uh, applied to him because he OD'd in the bathroom. Oh my god, that's fucking right. <laughs> Oh my god, we were on Main Street in Montpelier. Oh god, I forgot about that. That was fucked up. Um, The thing about, like, yeah, you gotta unplug completely. Yeah, I could unplug completely, but I could also do 15 to 20% of my job remotely at night, like, I, I would spend the day, I would not look at email all day, you know what I mean? Right. 
I wouldn't engage with people the whole day. Okay. I get in at night, maybe have a drink or two or three. What do you mean engage with pe- engage with work people all day or your Correct. Family? Correct. Okay. I would not engage with work people all day. <laughs> but like just to the to the extent that like I wouldn't know what was happening at work. Um the last time I did like a vac- like a mini vacation like this, I think we did 3 days and the last time we were at this particular place, the beach um I think the most extensive thing I had to do at that point was like call England to like pay an order or something, which like these days I could just call the office and be like, Hey, can you do this for me? But like before I didn't feel like I could do that. Um, But nowadays I feel like I can just kind of get most of the stuff done just at night and stuff. And, you know, uh, send emails and whatnot. Um, and it's not, it's not too crazy. It's just like doing the work beforehand and then submitting the orders or like whatever, or even these days with Google, um, with Gmail being able to like, um, you know, schedule, send emails. I could predate, I could basically like can my emails and just like set them up. And just have them shoot off automatically, which is kind of nice. Um, because everything has to be timed properly. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I think it's going to be, it'll be more rest in terms of a vacation sake than I've had in a long time. Um, but... If if I could bore you, I did want to tell you about my car story. All right, it wouldn't it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't get some car talk. All right, let me see if I can try and tell this quickly. Famous last words. So, I sold three cars. I sold two eighties um, Volkswagens. And I sold an Ots Volkswagen. So two Mark IIs and a Mark IV. Gone. Out the door. Everything is sold for way more than it should have ever sold for ridiculous prices. Okay? I need yes. to... Yes, okay. I need to, <laughs> I need to do the, like, the seek and replace version of, like, let's get some new cars in our lives so that I have... Fewer trips to the mechanic, fewer maintenance fees, and less downtime, you know, in the seasons where it matters most, like winter, let's say. So, I've had a few cars on the radar. I have a master list. Maybe I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. But I have a map. You already sent me that. All right, good. I already sent you the master list. Well, the master list had like where I want to, where I am, and where I want to be. Right? It was like a vision board for your garage. You got it. And I did a pretty good job in fulfilling it because the idea was one of the main cars had to be like an all-wheel drive kind of just utility bullshit car, something newer. And then another car I wanted was something that was like 
the the long tour or like something that would get good fuel mileage or like and that I thought was going to be like an electric car but as it turns out because we're getting so much money this year from the government and I'm not like complaining it's going to sound like I'm complaining about this but we're getting more money than I had expected from the government for having children right tax credits and because of all those extra credits this year, um, there's just no way I'm buying an electric car this year because it takes my tax liability and it just basically shoots it down, right? And so my tax liability, if it were upwards towards the full incentive, which is $7,500, right, then basically I'd be able to in Vermont at least, buy an electric car this year and get $10,000 back pretty much instantly um, upon, you know, filing taxes. And that is two forms that are separate from your taxes, right? So whatever you get back, I'm doing air quotes, get back from the government um, on your taxes anyway, that's separate from your ten grand that you would get back assuming your tax liability um, is at least $7,500. Okay, so, whatever. I was thinking I'd buy an ID4, but a Volkswagen. So that's that's just not going to happen. So instead, I was like, all right, well, what's, what's my next best bet? And for me personally, I was like, all right, a Honda CRV is pretty much the best car I could get for, like, the all-around, like, basic, I'm pretty much just going to drive this thing and put fuel in it and do oil changes and hopefully really nothing else. And then the other side of it is, like, uh, what's the what's the Andy car? And that's a some sort of Volkswagen wagon, hopefully. I, did, I didn't care what motor it was, um, but I was really kind of jonesing for a diesel again. You and I both, I don't know if... Uh, our new listeners will know, but um, old listeners will remember that you and I both had TDI, Dieselgate, Volkswagens. So we both sold our Volkswagens back to Volkswagen, and we got paid to do so. So I was looking for something like that. So anyway, this place down in Burlington that's not a Volkswagen dealer has a gray... TDI sport wagon. Six speed, gray, looks nice. 88,000 miles, I think. 13 grand. Super expensive. All car shit is fucking astronomically expensive right now. I give them a call. I say, hey, uh, get me an appointment. Let me let me come down and take a look at this thing. They're like, all right. I show up. Upon showing up, they're already calling me. I'm there. And they're like, we, we're we sorry. We can't show you the car right now. And I'm like, but I'm here. And they're like, well, it, it has to be in the shop for the day. And I was like, cool. That's even better. I'll be able to like look underneath it. And that's like ideal. And they're like, you can't do that. So they bring me into the, the dealership. And mind you, this is a Toyota dealership. They just took this Volkswagen in on trade. And I'm talking to this guy, and he's trying to get me financing. And I'm like, what are you getting me financing on? Like, I haven't even seen a car. 
and the guy's like, well, um, you know, and I was like, well, let me, let me, let me just look, let me, give me a second. Let me walk around the building. Let me see if I can find it. I walk around the building. I can't fucking find that car anywhere. Right. It's on their website. It's on auto trader. It's on everywhere. Right. Saying that this Toyota dealership has this car. And I'm like, all right, these guys sold this car from under me and they're fucking with me. So I went back in, I shook the guy's hand. I was like pretty polite about it. I was like, thanks for the, whatever this was, but I'm going to go over to the Subaru place and they have a Honda that I want to test drive and they probably will let me test drive a car. So I'm going to go there. So I peace out on the Toyota dealership with the Volkswagen, go to the super dealership and buy the Honda. Drove it, felt great, whatever. Let them detail it. I think I picked it, I paid for it, whatever. I picked it up two days later, drove it home. The same day that I drove home the Honda, right? Meanwhile, I, I think I emailed the guy who was my salesman at the other place. And I was like, Hey, thanks, but no thanks. Um, I ended up buying the Honda. Let me know what happens with that TDI. I'm still interested in that TDI. Um, but I bought a Honda just so you know, like you literally lost a sale because I was ready to pull the trigger. And the guy ghosts me, doesn't respond back. The big problem that this company made, Heritage Toyota in Burlington. Ooh, you call them out by name. (laughs) They send this fucking email, okay, that's like, it CCs the whole sales staff for some reason, which because uh, we talked about how people don't know how to use BCC before. I don't think so, but it's... uh... I exclusively BCC when I when I send something to a group of people and I don't want them to all gang up in a response I 100% make sure to BCC yeah well they made the mistake and I was like boy I'm going to teach them this fucking lesson that's a double lesson all at once I replied all to this basically canned email response which was what did we do wrong what could we have better done to serve you so i replied all to the entire sales staff at heritage toyota and i said you guys fucked up you told me that there was going to be a car that i was going to be able to see i arrived upon arriving i got a phone call to tell me that the car was unavailable to see and then everyone was sketchy about it and in addition you tried to get me to like do some sort of financing paperwork on a car I didn't drive or see. So what's up with that? You didn't know anything about what I was going into. So upon getting that email, they send me back a, Hey, I'm sorry. That's crazy. I don't know what happened. We'll figure it out. Okay. So I've already purchased the Honda. The TDI is gone and sold. The, the wagon's gone and sold. There was a another Jetta wagon that I was looking at that was way up near Canada. So I piled the whole family in the car and I head up to Derby Line, Canada, which is 
a far drive. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. So we huck it up to Derby Lime to go look at this red Jetta Sport Wagon. It's a 2013. It's way too cheap. It's $3,500. I'm like, why is this car so cheap? Whatever, I got to see it. It's automatic. It's 2013. It's got 90,000 miles. It's red. It's super base bones, whatever. It's a five-cylinder 2.5. And I get there. I talk to the guy. Meanwhile, I get a text, okay, from um, Heritage Toyota saying, hey, we have another car for you. This came in. And I see the pictures. They send me the pictures. They text this to me, right? They text me a pictures, pictures of a blue Jetta sport wagon. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they're just, they're trying to be nice, right? They're trying to be like, hey, we have another one. Sorry. And I'm looking at it and it looks nice. It's clean. I don't know what motor it is. I don't know anything, right? So I keep inquiring with, I'm talking to my original salesman, this guy who was, this guy, um, Tech. His name was um, uh, Tech Luteal, I think was his name. Super nice guy. Like, straight shooter, just like car salesman, right? Whatever. And Tech is like, hey, they like pulled some strings for you just in case you wanted to like you know, I'll give you the opportunity to have this car on dibs. Like, this is your car if you want to have this as your car. Just let me know if you want it. He's like, my boss is trying to make a, situ- a bad situation better. And I was like, oh, that's, like, really nice. Um, and, you know, meanwhile, like, meanwhile, I'm looking at this red five-cylinder Jazz Sport Wagon. So... I have my code reader with me. I, I go up. I see the guy. Super nice. This guy's name is Bill. He's chill. He's like got a shop with like all small engine repair stuff up near Canada. Um, it was a nice day. We, you know, took the drive, whatever. Well, I plug in my code reader to this red Jetta sport wagon and it is just, it's got a lot of codes. I, I call my mechanic and I'm like, hey, uh, what are these codes? And he's like, I start reading one of the codes and he finishes the code reading it to me. He's like, no, no, like that's not the code it's reading. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you can't buy that car. I'm like, why not? And he's like, well, because someone beat the shit out of it. And I was like, what? How do you know? And he's like, well, it's a car with timing chains and it's showing a misfire code but in addition it's showing a code that basically says that the the chains need to be replaced and he's like that's transmission out that's motor out he's like that's too much work for that car and i was like all right fuck fine so i i relay all this information to the owner of this car and the owner of this car is like basically unwilling to receive this information and i was like all right fine whatever deuces let's let's focus on this this other car that heritage toyota is trying to like reel me back into so I get back into the car. Now I'm like three hours away from Burlington and I have to start making my way back to Burlington to like make a decent time in the afternoon. It's like a Saturday. 
So I'm texting them and back and forth and the texts keep getting better and better. It's like, oh, it's a diesel. Oh, it's got basically the same mileage as the other one. This car has 94,000 miles. It's like, okay, you know, keep going, whatever. We talk about all this stuff. This one has a, a, a sunroof. The other one didn't. This one's stick shift. The other one was stick shift as well. I'm like, all right, this is sounding like a car I would buy. And tech says, well, what do you want? Do you want the, do you want the as-is price? And I like full stop in my mind and I realize the only correspondence that these people have had with me is through my work email. And since my work email is a car industry email, I'm realizing that they're starting to treat me like car industry instead of treating me like a normal consumer. And at, it's at this moment that I'm like, oh my God, balls in my court and I can, I can get a fucking deal on this. So I said, well, what's the as-is price? And he says, as is, my boss says $7,000 plus tax. And I was like, I'll be right there. Went down, drove the car, felt fine, had a second set of fucking wheels with it. I bought it on the spot. I bought it cash. I didn't even fuck around. I didn't take any fucking loans out for it. I just bought it straight up. My mechanic um, was like, wow, you were feeling uh, pretty daring. <laughs> and I was like, I guess. Well, I mean, after seeing a car that gave that timing chain error and whatnot, like, you didn't even code test the other one and you just bought it after driving it? Yep, because it didn't... Why would, why would, why would that uh, interaction inform that decision at this next one? Well, I had my code reader on me, but the car wasn't throwing any codes. So I didn't so you, need... So you I, did use it? I didn't use it. No, I didn't oh. actually. But I didn't... It wasn't throwing any... It didn't have a check engine light. So right. because it didn't have a check engine light... And there's a different circumstance here, which is interesting because since it's a Jetta TDI, it's a fixed diesel. Because it's a fixed diesel, it has an extended warranty that is beyond what any normal warranty would be. Like, that warranties can't still be good, can it? That yeah. buyback that buyback was what in 2016? Yeah, get this. So, I looked this up and I looked it up with my VIN. The previous owner didn't fix the car until 2019. So, so the the updated warranty is from the point of repair? Uh-huh. Okay. So my car is under warranty until 20, 126,000 miles. It only has 94. That's nice. Yeah, no, it's totally sick. And beyond it, I'm actually on the like total precipice of totally voiding that warranty for a, another thing entirely, which is tuning it. Well, why don't you just wait till you do that 26, that 30,000 miles? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about... Yeah, exactly. We're talking about... I mean, 30,000 miles, you'll you'll kill that off in six months, probably. No, I won't. I I really don't drive that much. I mean, it's two years. The thing that I can bank on is, at this point... And I didn't even tell you the the other thing. is like, I bought the car, drove it home, 
the car needs to be detailed. I mean, the, the car, the, the, I'm going to air quotes this, the as is car deal for seven grand plus tax, right? Which is $7,800. That as is deal is so, that's such a sick deal for what I got. But like the previous owner had dogs. The car is disgusting inside. I have a professional, um, detailing appointment tomorrow or I'm sorry tomorrow next week um like on on Wednesday of next week to just get the car totally like bombed like clean every orifice of this car and that'll be really exciting to get it cleaned up there was a missing mirror the there was missing trim there was all these there were all these little details that I think most people would not have touched this car. But like to me, I drove it, I felt it. I was like, you know, it's like all these little things are kind of little. Well, then you know, all those all those missing pieces too, that just feeds into your obsession about finding uh era specific parts for your car. Oh, it, dude, this it's, it's, it's gives you a reason to to dig through dumpsters to find the trim piece you need. Dude, you're not even you're you're so right on this that everything's already fixed. Like, I haven't even had the car two and a half weeks. I haven't driven the car, and it's everything's fixed. Literally every piece that was missing was is now fixed. I just have to have the car fucking cleaned through, and it'll be gold. I mean, it's... It's nice. But the... the I do want to talk about the, the tuning thing because this is this is like a, a a niche within a niche right this is a thing that this co- i've used this company before that uh, the company is called kerma tdi um i should say since i did name drop heritage toyota heritage toyota came through in a big way for me and they like hooked me up with a pretty decent deal and i definitely even though they fucked up at first i definitely owe it to them in the sense that they rectified the, the, the bad, the bad interaction that we had initially. And I've had everyone I talked to about this has said, just please sell it and flip it because everyone knows that I can double my money. And I just don't give a fuck about doubling my money. I just don't care at all. I would much rather just own the damn thing. Um, and just use it incessantly. But, the tune is such an interesting like thing about this car because part of the Dieselgate thing is that the software that they uploaded to the Dieselgate fix cars, it's restrictive in a lot of ways and it gets poorer fuel economy. So right now I've only put maybe 200 miles on the car. And it seems like I'm going to get about 38, 40 miles per gallon on a tank. And that's fine and all, but this aftermarket place claims that they're basically going to improve that by like 30% or maybe more. So... I could effectively see something like over 50 miles per gallon by doing this tune. 
it also increases the horsepower and increases the torque. And it doesn't change any of the emission shit. You're still keeping all of the emission shit. You're keeping the uh, DPF, which is the diesel particulate filter in the exhaust system. Um, you're keeping the EGR. You're keeping like all of the emissions stuff that like makes it, I'm going to air quotes, clean or cleaner or keeps it clean effectively. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they can't say it keeps it clean anymore. I'm pretty sure that that's been wiped from the uh, the public record. Well, the the thing is like the car the car wasn't necessarily like inherently dirty. It just was able to be dirtier than they initially said. And that that was the whole like thing. Uh, dude, I drove I drove my 09. You drove your you know, your Golf a lot. Yeah, I drove across country like back and forth twice. Yeah. And did you ever see black smoke come out of the car? No. Yeah, like... But I was usually in, in front driving. Good point. <laughs> but, like, the diesel particulate filters were still part of all of our cars. And before they... And, and they work. Like, the part of the this whole research that I've done with, like, learning about all this shit is that, like diesel particulate filters are important and you know if you would delete them then these cars just like blow out black smoke which is like okay the the big downside for the user is that now you got to wash your car all the time because it's got fucking black all on the back of your car so i never had any like soot on the back of my diesel jetta that i had before and not that I'm going to say it's all bullshit and whatever. I mean, it probably is, but like, and, and I'm excited that Dieselgate happened because Dieselgate yields electric Volkswagens and I want electric Volkswagens. Like this is stuff I want. Um, but it, it's just, it's just very interesting that, uh, that we get to this point, you know, where we have, the fixed TDIs, and we also have now the future of Volkswagen because of Dieselgate, which is now, you know, going to be electric Volkswagen. in In a couple years, I really hope to have a bus. That's what I. That's what I really want. I want the electric bus when it comes out. So, but anyway, that's my fucking story. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't thought about Dieselgate. Since, you know, 2017 or whatever like that, 2016. I mean, we told those stories back then on this show. Yeah, yeah, we would have. Because it was prep, it was like, you know, it was what was happening to us and stuff like that at the time. Yeah, I was. that was my period where I didn't have a car for six months, eight months or something like that. Yeah, super crazy. But the, the the electric thing is, like, really the forefront of, like, where you want to be, where we want to be, I think. I'll be pumped. Yeah, Boom. I mean, the next the next car that we get, I definitely want to be in the electric family, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would also prefer to have my own house before investing in electric infrastructure, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, 
I was I was talking about that too the other day, which is like, I think my boss would put in the electric infrastructure that would be needed for basically charging at work, which would be kind of cool. It'd be amazing to just be able to charge at work and nowhere else. <laughs> um, I'm going to open up the notes document because we haven't done that in so long. Oh, yeah, I think a while ago I, I took some notes way back when. I don't even know if they're fucking relevant anymore, honestly. Oh, man, it's been so long. I have a note that says hackers are the modern day Robin Hood. Eh. Then we found out that wasn't true. Um, I have a list here. So we flew out to Tahoe to do like wedding prep shit back in, I don't know when this was. This was May 21st. And on the flight, I there were people sitting in front of us and one was an old man with, I don't know, a weird baseball. I can't remember what his baseball cap was and stuff. Who had an iPad, and I was looking through the cracks to see what he was watching on it. And he must have been like ADD, or he only wanted to watch certain parts. And he just kept opening up the app and then putting a video on, and then changing the video, and then changing the video, and then changing the video. Oh my and god! This was the. Uh, the sequence of things that I watched him watch on like a 50 minute flight. He watched the middle portion of Jersey Boys, a musical about fucking doo-wop singers or something. What? He watched the beginning middle portion of the Outlaw Josie Wales. What the fuck is that? That's a Clint Eastwood movie. Okay. He put some Owen Wilson movie on for a few minutes. And then he was watching a concert, and I was trying to figure out what the concert was, but I had no... It was an older white guy, and I'm like, is this... What is this? Is this uh, Roger Waters? Who is, this? Who's, who is this? It took me like 15 minutes, and then he finally closed it, and I saw that the title. It was the Leonard Cohen Live concert. So he watched Leonard Cohen, and the whole time he was watching that, his hands were doing uh, uh, guitar fret, fret moves. Like He was playing chords in the air while he was watching this. Oh, my God. And then he rounded it out by watching the food fight sequence from Animal House. This guy sounds retarded. It, <laughs> I was so. like amazed by it. And like there was really no one I could share it with, but I was just like watching this happen. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> oh my God. What? Sorry for the hard R, but fucking what? Damn. Yeah, that's not even like that's not even you can't even be a person and deal with all of that on that short of a flight. What was that an hour flight? Fifty minutes. You're you're up in the air and you're back down. Holy shit! Fifty minutes. You don't even get you don't even get to top top elevation. And the thing is, like all these are older. Like these must that must be like his 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 favorite his classics or something like that. You know? Holy shit! Oh my god, that's disturbing. Ugh. How was Tahoe? It was nice. It snowed when we were up there in May, so that was cool. That's cool. Always like to see snow. Yeah, you got to see some snow. I get to see snow. 
What else you got in the notes there? Um, do you like going number two in public restrooms? I don't care anymore. You know, no. me too. I don't care anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm. I'm over shame. You know? That's amazing. Me too. Actually, it's not even the shame. I. I it's the grossness that I'm over. I've. <laughs> at my at work one time, I was in the bathroom and this other guy came in. This was years ago. You know, I haven't seen this guy in a while, and he made a phone call while he was on the toilet, and. He was talking to Time Warner customer service while he was just like letting loose with the biggest dumps on on the phone. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and just letting it go. He's like, and he's like, yeah, service, please. <laughs> and then, <laughs> what? And then just a long rip and plop. What? <laughs> it was. If you knew this person, it was the most this person this person thing he could do. Wow, <laughs> that's so good. Wow, that's like that's inspiring almost. Wow. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, I don't care anymore either. It's I just I used to care a lot, and I used to be grossed out by it, and I'm just like, here's here's the question: if if and and they are, but like, uh, I guess when uh gender neutral bathrooms become become a major thing would you start being uh nervous or have have more shame knowing that you could be sharing it with uh, a person of the opposite sex or nope don't care it still wouldn't bother you yeah nope nope because because the whole the whole like preface of like you know accepting non-binary as you know let's just I don't know if this is a controversial thing I'm going to say, but I'm just going to say, like, let's say non-binary is the third gender, right? Like, if that's the whole point, if that's how you identify, if that's how you, you know, then the whole point of the whole thing is that the structure doesn't matter. So you shouldn't care about who you're in front of no matter what. Right. You know, Every, so everybody if, poops is the, is the thinking. Exactly, we're all we're all pe- we're all human. We're all we're the all same. Human. Do you do you think they would gain more support for their cause if the people who are against uh, gender neutral uh, bathrooms? Do you think they would gain more support if it wasn't so based in transphobia and they they sold it to people as like we're just nervous poopers? We would just want a safe space. I mean, it would work better, yeah, because you're you're basically you're, you're not yell, shouting vitriol and fucking slandering people and well, you're you're aligning making... you're aligning with people is what you're doing. You're right. you're 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 taking something that like feels that they can get down with, they can feel at home with, and align with them. You what know, that, so what if that's all it is? Is it's like just I'm I'm just a nervous pooper. <laughs> I mean, for a lot of life that is what it is right uh, you know I don't know who else is like that but definitely I feel like you know up until a certain age I definitely was in fact I think it was our uh, I think it was our Heineken pancakes incident that really like shed me of so I was there like I started hanging out with you right when you got over the shame yeah <laughs> 
pretty much, yeah, pretty much our origin story is my shame ending. <laughs> because I had the worst shitting experience in public that could exist. So, but the entire, like, the entirety of, of me knowing you, I've, I've thought you were one way, but apparently it just started when I, we started hanging out. Just coincidentally, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is our origin story. (laughs) Pancakes and Heineken. That's the name of, that's the name of your memoir. Mine? I think Pancakes, why is that? Why is my men- memoir based on our first time hanging out? Fine, it's <laughs> chapter one of both of our memoirs. <laughs> and it's like a it's like a Rochamon setup where where we each tell our side of the story from there. <laughs> it would if that was a thing, it, no one would even understand it a little bit. It'd be like, is this this is can't be the same story, right? <laughs> oh my god classic clown shit (sighs) let me see what else I got in here I have a long one that I'm not going to read oh that's too heavy too happy or too heavy heavy oh we talked about that I just didn't delete it oh man this is cr- Hold on, I have a phone call. All right.